The ABC's Word Wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Rowley Sussex. It's that time of the day, the ABC's Word Wizard, Rowley Sussex, OAM, Emeritus Professor from the School of Languages and Cultures at the University of Queensland, is... Well, here, but when I say here, I mean here in Estonia, willing and able to talk to you about words, language and linguistics. Professor Rolly Sussex, have you had your morning cup of Estonian coffee yet? Hello. Good morning. Or rather, Tjaru Homikus. No, I haven't, but I'm in Tallinn, which is the capital of Estonia, T-A-L-L-I-N-N. And if anyone wants to see a beautiful medieval town, this is it. It's absolutely marvellous. Tiny country. It's only a fifth the size of Victoria. Uh, last week I was in Finland, which is a, one and a half times the size of Victoria. Population 1.3 million. And in that tiny country, they've accepted 100,000 Ukrainian refugees. So this country is doing something rather special. And it's going gangbusters. They introduced a flat uh, income tax a while ago. It was 26%. It's now down to 21% flat income tax people. Um, this is, uh, it's also, uh, the digital capital of the world. Wherever you go, there's free Wi-Fi. Wow. And uh, it's got the NATO Cooperative Cyber Defense Center of Excellence. So they are doing something right. Rolly, Keith, ah. Keith wanted to know, Rolly, that, um, whether you traveled from Helsinki to Tallinn by ferry, because Keith did yes. the reverse trip a couple of years ago, uh, and he enjoyed yes. it. So that's how you got there. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yes. Two and a half hours on the ferry. Very, very simple. Uh, every now and again, the Baltic freezes over and you can actually skate across if you're strong enough, 87, 87 kilometers. But uh, the thing about Estonian language is that it's related to Hungarian and Finnish. It's a Finno-Ugric language and so is very, very different from all the languages that I know. And I'm, I've got a list of, of key phrases which I always fill out for a new country, including hello, good morning, goodbye. My name is, thank you, and thank you very much, and you're welcome. And where is the loo? Um, if you've got that much, you could probably survive for a little bit anyway. Yeah, or he'll get the bill. But, um, oh, that's another handy. Yeah, the interesting anyway. thing about, you, about Estonian is that they've, they're, uh, 22% of the population is Russian. And the reason that happened was that in the start of Second World War, uh, the Soviets invaded it. And then the Germans fought back, and they you know, were fighting over Estonia, and then the Soviets reinvaded it. Uh, they grabbed about 8,000 of the top Estonian politicians and military people, and there were ex- executions. They took a whole lot to Siberia, uh, of whom barely, I think, 40% were dead in the first year. Yeah, I read and that um, they had a... overall Estonia lost about 25% of its population through World War II. Okay. Yeah. It, it's a dreadful, dreadful. But they, they have just a very positive view to the world. They're now in the EU and they're part of NATO and they're feeling very secure, very confident and doing lots of good things. They've got a great education system like Finland and uh, it's, a, it's a multilingual place. Um, a lot of the signs are in Russian, which of course I can read, but there's also lots of, lots of signs in English, which is rather interesting. They've decided that English is the, is the language to talk to your tourists, and there are a lot of tourists here. Um, and uh, so you get interesting things which are not quite English, like pan-fried flounders fillet. <laughs> now, the odd thing is that normally, you know, you can do apostrophe S or of, uh, you know, John's book, the book of John or whatever, uh, but, but you can't do that with cooking. 
And uh, the place next to me not a, not only offers a pan-fried flounders fillet, but <laughs> brutal pork hock. Brilliant. I love I'm it. I'm not sure <laughs> what brutal pork hock mm, is. Give it a go and find but out. I, I'm, I'm, I'm about moved to, moved to try it. <laughs> but everywhere, the, the English is pretty good. And sometimes, you know, Estonians will normally speak English anyway. It makes me feel a bit embarrassed. Well, I was reading that the most common foreign languages learned by Estonian students are English, then Russian, German yeah. and French, with other popular yes. languages including Finnish, Spanish and Swedish, Rolly. They, they really are awfully good because they, they know they're a small place. They depend on trade and tourism. And uh, so they've taken all sorts of steps to make sure that they are welcoming and ready to do, to do business with you. Um, and, and there are other things, for example, that are in the national park. No litter bins are provided in the park. Whatever you bring into the forest, you can also manage to take out again. Um, I like that. It, it suggests, you know, that this, these are things you should be able to, to do as a matter of social duty. And uh, it, it's, it's really a very interesting place. Uh, great, great for tourism, but very close to Russia. Uh, one of the big cities is Tartu, which is on the edge of Lake Hapus, which is southeast of here. And on the other side of that is St. Petersburg. So you are really, really close to where the Russians are. Rolly, we've got some questions in general nature coming your way in a moment, but Grant at Moray Field heard me talk about a sport invented in Estonia in the 90s, kicking, uh, which was one of the clues that I dropped in order to try and lead everyone uh, to Estonia through our Where in the World is Rolly Sussex game. And Grant, you want to talk about sayings that originate from historical events. Hi, Grant. Yes. Oh, good day, Kat. How are you? Good, good. Have you seen Keking, by the way, this Estonian oh. swinging sport? No, no, but the mere thought of it scares the hell out of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what would you like to uh, chat with Rolly about, Grant? Go ahead. Well, I was having a, um, a conversation with some people recently, and one of them, um, we were talking about the big um, payout, defamation payout by a large media organisation in America, and someone made the comment that they were foxing with the facts. And it made me think um, that, you know, that's a clever play on words, maybe a double entendre, but it made me think of things like doing a Bradbury. It's a saying that sort of comes about from something, you know, big happening at the time. And I thought, oh, I wonder if there's others and I wonder if there's actually a name for like that class of sayings. Oh, great question. Rolly, what can you tell us? It's an eponym, E-P-O-N-Y-M, and it's something which is named after a person or an institution or a company or something, uh, like Hoover. Hoover didn't invent them, by the way. He was just the person who marketed it. Or to do a Xerox, meaning a photocopy. And the Bradbury one, of course, is Stephen Bradbury, the Australian skater uh, at the Olympics. And everybody else fell over, and he was the only one left standing and won. Um, But this one, thank you, Grant, I haven't heard this one before. And Fox has become uh, a real kind of focus of uh, media attention because of the big court case and I hadn't I hadn't thought of that as an eponym. Great example. Thank you for adding to my database and making my day. Good on you, Grant. You've no worries. Made Rolly's day. And Rolly's day is only just beginning because it's breakfast time in Estonia, Grant. So you've got a whole day that you've made for Rolly ahead of him. Um, thank you for your call. Richard at Bagara. Hi Richard, what would you like to know? Good day. I'd like to know how cold it is in Estonia at the moment. Oh good how what is the weather like, Rolly? 
Um, in the mornings, it's about six degrees, but during the day today, it's going to be about 20, which is very nice oh, indeed. Pleasant. But the sun's well, already been up for three hours. Well, that's amazing for it's six easy. degrees north. Um, I probably actually live in Bagara, so I'm a little bit north of where you live, I think, and I just thought I'd let you know I'm wearing my shirts and my T-shirt, just to make <laughs> you feel happy. <laughs> um, my question's about Turkey, mate. Um, you're in that part of Europe, I heard Kat say before, pronunciation like the Turkish would say, which is Turkey, which is vast as to do, which is cool. But if you're not making a formal announcement, it's a bit like Paris and Paris, you know, what should you call it here in Australia? Well, how should we refer to it? Is there anything wrong with saying Turkey still? I think the Turks wouldn't like it because uh, a turkey is a big bird that doesn't always look very dignified. And there are other phrases like cold turkey and so on, which aren't very complimentary. And so the, the Turkish government actually asked, and they've done this in the UN officially, uh, for people to call it, Tur- Tur- well, Turkey, actually. And um, if you think about it, that has happened in a number of other countries and cities recently. Peking has become Beijing. And uh, and Bombay is now Mumbai, and Calcutta is Kolkata, and uh, Burma is Myanmar. So that at the request of the people whose country or city it is, we can in fact change our practice, and it's a kind of courtesy. You know, if that if that's the way they want to call it, then I think it's a good thing for us to follow suit if we can. And uh, in Turkey, it's a relatively recent one, and the the reason in the United Nations had simply to do with the fact that. In English, the word has too many negative associations, and they wanted to distance themselves from it. So I reckon we can go along with that, and uh, it'll take about a generation for, for us to get used to it. Though. Yeah, I'm still having to practice in my head, uh, Richard. Good observation. Thank you. Jim at Deegan. Hi, Jim. What would you like to know uh, from Rolly in Estonia? Well, in Australia, we have so many foreign expressions and we have El Nino, La Nina, and now we have a, an El Nina for weather phenomena. And I don't know which is which, and I want to know why we can't have our own English expressions for these phenomena, please. Okay, good point. El Nino is Spanish for the little boy, uh, originally the Christ child, and La Nina is Spanish for the little girl. And because in meteorology, you know, the weather it covers a lot of different countries. I think they've decided that they'll give it a universal name uh, on both sides of the Pacific. Now, on the east side of the Pacific in South America, uh, the bits that actually face us across the Pacific, they all speak Spanish. And so these words have taken root. And El Nino is the one where we have wet and they have dry, and then it turns around when the currents reverse. Um, and it's uh, there are things like, you know, the Mistral in France, which is a, a wind which some people know about it, it makes you go crazy. And weather things, you know, you could call them English names, but remember with cyclones, they're actually named by the country they're closest to. And so you might get one with a Tagalog name from the Philippines uh, or, you know, a, a French name or something. So I guess in this case, uh, they, the meteorology people have said, we want a standard name for this wherever we talk about it, and that's what we're going to do. It's a, it's a really uh, good question, Jim at Deegan. Thank you for taking the time to call. Tony at Chermside, great question, I believe, coming from you about nibbles and nibblies. Is that right, Tony? Hi. Yeah. That, hi, Kat. Hi, Professor Rolly. The, um, 
if we spell it Nibbles, uh, sorry, yeah. spell it Nibbles, but pronounce it Nibbles. And mm. uh, that's, that's con- uh, yeah, that confuses me a bit sometimes. Yeah, I know, I know what you're meaning. Uh, it was Nibbles, but in Australia, <clears throat> we've got well over 6,000 words which have an E or an O or something on the end, like Aussie and Cardi and, and so on. And uh, I think they've turned nibbles into nibblies, meaning uh, it's sort of something familiar that we know about. And uh, it's not this particular shift from an existing word to a, a, a diminutive is pretty common. But nibblies is a bit bit unusual on its own, so thank you for that. Yet it, it's definitely, uh, I think you'd say nibblies perhaps to children originally, and then it gradually spread to ordinary, ordinary folks. I like all them right. in either way. What's uh, your other one? What was your other Maybe? question, Tony? Yeah, all right. Uh, the other one was, uh, say, for example, this coming Sunday is the 21st of May. Some people, when mm-hmm. it's sort of close, they say next Sunday or, uh, or this Sunday. And, uh, yeah, this, and this is all, it's also pretty difficult if you're driving and you say take the next left. And people have very different understandings. Now, if you're driving, it's relatively, well, for me it is, the next next left is the the one which is approaching now. But uh, I know people for whom it's the one after that. And this is where it gets really tricky because when you're talking about weeks, days of the week, uh, let's say uh, the day today is Thursday and I say next Wednesday, right? Now, that means next week sometime ahead. But let's say we're... We're talking. We're we're Thursday, and we're saying we're talking about Saturday. Now, if you say next Saturday, I think the the Saturday that's a, that's approaching two days away is too close. So next Saturday might be the one after that. And so the closer you are, the less you use next. But there's an area when you know, so three four days hence, people uh, sorry, from now, people will use uh, use next and and often get into dis- disagreements. The best thing is to say, you know, Wednesday next week or something like that, because next is a really badly defined word and it gets people into all sorts of disagreements. Thank you very much. So be very careful. Yes. Be very careful. Uh, uh, Tony, thank you. And look, Julie, we might take your question uh, as our last question with Rolly this afternoon. Uh, Rolly's got to get on with his day in Estonia. But, uh, Julie, you're in Mwilimbar. What is your question for Rolly? I'm not terribly good at remembering the languages, but I do like to learn how to say cheers in every country. Good question, Julie. Yes. Cheers. Yes. Well, in Finland, it's kapis, which is like get pissed. (laughs) And then in Estonia, it's tedavasek. So if you get pissed in in Finland, then you go to Estonia and have terrible sex. Julie at Mwilimba, I am glad we saved your call for last. That was well worth it. Professor Rolly Sussex from the capital of Estonia, Tallinn. Uh, cheers to you joining us, by the way. Rolly, we do appreciate you taking the time to check in while you're on your European tour. Anything else we should know about Estonia? Don't give away where you're going next because we'll be guessing along next week. But um, we also right. need a last word as well, please, Rolly. Yes, okay. Um, the, the cheers thing, actually, that's very good advice because, you know, sitting down with people, you need to be able to join in the festivities. Uh, skull, which is something we sometimes say is Swedish, and that's another word that's come into English fairly recently. And Chinese has gunbei, and I have a feeling that because as China becomes much more visible to everybody, gunbei is going to be a very, very common, it means bottoms up. And so, you know, drinking, sitting around a table, 
And the small niceties of social interaction are very important to starting to get to get, to get on with people. Uh, although I tell you that the Estonian is is tricky, and I'm going to have trouble with their cases and endings on words. And I'm not quite sure whether I'm going to the loo, from the loo, by the loo, over the loo, out of the loo. But it's it's a it's a marvelous place to be, and I'm going to go out shortly for breakfast and coffee. Oh. Delicious. Well, Rolly, um, before we let you take your coffee and enjoy your uh, Estonian breakfast, have you a, a little last word for us or shall we send you on your merry yes. way? Oh, no, I've, I've got a last word. Excellent. The four most beautiful words in our common language are, I told you so. <laughs> a pleasure and a privilege as ever, Professor. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you from another European destination next week. Indeed. Bye. ABC.